control over the music they compose and write, earning more royalties for their music, not being tied to politics or even mismanagement. Sayu artists' route as indie artists is characterized by freedom and control, for quality and creative freedom. And in this episode, we'll have a taste of it. Let's kick off this episode of Sayu Lounge. Welcome to Seiyu Lounge, I am your host Vanessa and today's topic is Seiyu Artists Indie Route. This topic was suggested by Grecia Delgado on YouTube. A big thank you for your comment and suggesting such an interesting topic to cover. For this and the next episode I'll be talking a bit about the career so far of some Seiyu that decided to go the indie route for their careers as singers. Given that there's a couple of CU that have explored or are exploring the indie route as artists, I've covered some of them in some detail, from well-known music projects they've worked in, to their singing tone, vocal range and any particular skills they may have. Also, expect a bit of talk about the music they've released as indie artists as well as prior to that. Because of this in-depth look at each Seiyu artist covered, this will be a two-parter episode. Now that you know what to expect, let's kick off this episode. So who are the Seiyu that are currently exploring their opportunities as indie artists? Street Story Street Story are an indie rock band fronted by Chiharu Sawashiru, Sayu that you may know very well for his work in Pythagoras Productions, Unicorn Jr. and Tsukipros Sawara. He's got a rather unique raspy singing tone and is quite breedy in some of his performances. He's rock solid in the mid-tones, making good use of his baritone range. Chiharu Sawashiru is quite underrated as a singer despite the talent and consistency he brings to all groups he joins. Outside of the seiyuu industry, Sawashiru is the frontman, guitarist and lyricist for Street Story, indie rock band signed to Full 20 and Rainbow 7 Records. They made their indie debut in 2019 with the single Moto Ashtae. In 2020, the band released their second single, Yume Glider, and in 2021, they released their first mini-album, Way of Life. Everything about Street Story is indie rock, with some sprinkles of pop in the lyrics. Sawashiru has complete creative freedom in this setting, ending up delivering natural performances. Contrary to many indie music labels, Full 20, Rainbow 7 Records made sure to make Street Stories music available on online stores. Given how difficult it is usually to acquire physical CDs by indie artists, and especially Seiyu artists that have gone the indie route, I'd say that Full 20, Rainbow 7 Records are not only giving complete creative freedom to Sawashiru and the rest of the band as well, 
as making sure that they are heard, even if their budget is not on par with minor or major music labels. Junta Terashima Isn't E signed to Nippon Columbia? As a matter of fact, E is, but not directly. E signed to a sub-label, and one that operates pretty much on an indie level. I am talking about Dream Music. So while Nippon Columbia may mention that his music is being released, he still has the budget from Dream Music, the indie music label, under them and to which Terashima is signed to. He's an underrated singer with a lot of control and technique. He's best known for being part of Growth, the fantasy-themed lyrical pop group part of the Tsukipro franchise. It's been nothing short of impressive with growth. First off, because delivering lyrical performances is not easy and most certainly not common and he absolutely aces that. His performances sound natural and as the only member of the group that is a true baritone, he's got quite the weight over his shoulders for every performance being the core of the group's music and a driving force whenever he's on the spotlight. Most fans of V's may have first come across him in the Idol Master Saidem franchise as the Kogado's member, tackling danceable pop rock music with a fiery edge. Recently, he's been active as a member of the Cat's Whiskers in the Paradox Live franchise. I believe it was the very first time that his fans got to listen to him rapping. Everyone aware of Junta Terashima's talents as a singer was quite surprised. He was joining a hip-hop project. How would he fare? I'd say pretty well is of course not a swagger type of rapper, but his style not only suits his voice, but also the whole theme about his character. Rapping while almost whispering is not easy. He recently joined the Enlight Tribe franchise, a new multimedia project with a massive focus on rock music. He's the frontman for Esmeralda, a rock band with quite the unique mix between Visual K and Hard Rock. I could stay all day here talking about the music projects he's a part of, but I won't. I welcome you to check A3's Winter Troop, Seven Colors and Judgment. This one already disbanded. Junta Terashima is a baritone with a lot of control over his mid-tones and versatility on both ends of the spectrum. His singing tone is sweet and his delivery always packs an emotional punch, even if it seems like his performance is being quite simple. He's got a powerful vibrato and is known for delivering insanely clean performances especially when using his mid-tones. His falsetto will catch you off-guard, but it is quite the treat. Add to that the emotional range he always brings to his performances and you have quite the complete singer. Terashima enjoys singing, writing lyrics and composing his music. So why is a talented singer with such a wide vocal range and consistency not signed to a major music label. He would fit like a glove Atlantis or Pony Canyon. Instead, he's signed to an indie label, part of Nippon, Columbia. 
Well, there's no definitive answer to that, as you imagine, say you won't talk about why they didn't get an offer by a major or minor music label, and instead decided to join an indie one. Instead, let's go over the reasons that may have led to Junta Terashima to make his debut as a seiyuu artist in 2019. First off, popularity. Let's be straightforward on this one. Major music labels only offer contracts to seiyuu that are insanely popular or that they predict will be big in the future. While there's also the whole thing about their talent, music labels are thinking about the ways in which they can sell that seiyuu artist to the media and fans. Popular seiyuu bring in a lot of fans to whatever they do. That's a fact. Junta Terashima, despite having a massive talent as a voice actor and as a singer, is still pretty much underrated, counting with few roles in anime that bring little to no exposure of his talents. At the same time, over the years he's not had the best luck with the music projects he's been invited to be a part of. Elements, Judgment and Shine disbanded all within the 2017-2018 timeframe, a time in which many say you were putting a lot of focus in music projects and most were announcing their solo debuts. For Terashima, those groups disbanding without proving anything was a big blow. After all, 2D music projects bring in fans that, in some cases, wouldn't check anime so it was a golden opportunity to put his name out there and garner some fans. Then we have the looks. Although this is completely subjective, if you check King Records, Atlantis, Kiramune, Pony Canyon and Sakura Music, you quickly understand that most of the CU signed to those are or were known for their visuals. We all know as well that good looks don't usually equal talent or skills, but yeah. We also know that most of the times music is sold because a CEO looks good rather than because they actually sing well or write and compose their music. So yeah, Junta Terashima doesn't have the looks that you could say fit on the stereotypical pop artist and thus major music labels may refrain from betting on him based on that. Then, Junta Terashima may as well have rejected an offer. People don't usually think about this simple reason. For all we know, Junta Terashima could have received an offer by a major music label, but refused to join them when he read the terms of the contract. As I mentioned earlier, he is a singer and songwriter and most of the times, major music labels want to lock an artist to an image and sound that they can't control in any way. Some say you are okay with that, but others, the ones that want to take their time to create something meaningful for themselves, as well as their fans, that is an attempt at their creative freedom. And thus, an indie music label that offers complete creative freedom appears as the perfect option. Not to mention that the money he could make as an indie artist is much more, potentially than what he would get if signed to a major music label. He joined Dream Music in 2019 and he's had full control over his music since the start. 
performing music that represents him. He's released two mini-albums, 29 plus 1 equals Miso in 2019, and Joy Source in 2019 as well. And in both, he showed his colors as a multifaceted singer. However, there's an issue. If you've been following his career closely, you'll notice that... Since 2019, Terashima hasn't released any music. That's two full years with no new music, despite having complete creative freedom. This is when being part of an indie music label doesn't actually pay off. If you don't have the resources to promote your music, who will get to know about it aside from your fans? And if not many people purchase the music, the Seiyu artist will not break even, and thus, he may incur in debt or notice that it is not worth the production costs when the money they make is not enough to cover those. Of course, I am only theorizing here because it is not known why he hasn't released any music since his debut, although he keeps holding live shows to celebrate his solo artist anniversary. All in all, Junta Terashim is one of the most talented seiyu artists currently exploring an indie route. A pity though that we've heard very little of him since debut. Masatomo Nakazawa When it comes to seiyu that are regarded as good singers or usually pointed for their singing skills, Masatomo Nakazawa isn't a name that is in the conversation. Why is that? First off, Nakazawa has a very small fan base, consisting mainly of fans of his work in BL, drama CDs, or adult games. Lately, there has been a bit of spotlight over him because of being part of Ensemble Stars' sensation group, Alkaloid, as well as for his work in the anime adaptation of Given. All this considered and is still, by the end of the day, quite the unknown for many fans of 2D music and is in very few projects and out of those, only Ensemble Stars' Alkaloid is well known. His singing tone is a bit nasally, something that I don't appreciate, but other than that is solid in his mid-tones and has an okay vocal range. Nothing out of the extraordinary. His journey as a solo artist is quite interesting though, as he started with an indie project and only recently joined Marine Entertainment to make his minor debut. After all, Marine Entertainment is a minor music label. He was initially part of Z's studio in 2017, indie music project and released music as part of it for a couple of years before taking the jump to a minor music label, although and this is the reason why Nakazawa is featured in this episode, is still tied to his original indie music project. His solo debut in 2020 with Tales of World's End, CC Dodo, was done as a collaboration between Marine Entertainment and Z's studio, retaining a bit of that indie flavor in his music. The jump from an indie setting to marine entertainment may have not been the best thing though. While part of Z's studio, Nakazawa could release music whenever he wanted and with no restrictions. As part of marine entertainment, 
he has to follow what the music label instructs. And that means waiting for months, sometimes even years, to release new music, especially when the project in question is not tied to a radio show. And that's how, one year later, and we still haven't heard a thing about Masatomo making a comeback. Is this a sign that his debut single flopped? Could be. Is this a sign that moving from an indie music label to a minor music label, and especially Marine Entertainment with a track record of mismanagement of their talents, was a bad move? 100% sure in this case. Kenji Nojima Underrated yet an extremely skilled singer with a unique singing tone, Kenji Nojima is best known as a member of Ensemble Stars' Switch and Eccentric Five, showcasing his technique and vast experience in outstanding performances as part of both groups. In 2014, surprising everyone, Nojima was announced as the new signing for EM2 Records, a major music label best known for housing, although currently on hiatus, Ken. The move to a major music label was not without its issues. Nojima found himself with lack of freedom as a singer and lyricist. EM2 Records was really keen on bringing Mark Ishikawa to work with Nojima, and thus nothing special happened. Although renowned, Mark Ishikawa is one of those composers that only composes music in a really specific way, making all of his songs sound exactly the same and having the same boring tempo. That was what Nojima, an insanely skilled singer, owner of a natural vibrato and delicate falsetto, was stuck with. Boring music in the single Any Day Shuffle that had the name Mark Ishikawa attached. The partnership with EM2 Records didn't last long and before people would notice it, Kenji Nojima was already out. He started his own indie music project connected to a one-man music label he launched. Since 2015 he's been performing jazz pop music with bossa nova influences and performs exclusive shows at a coffee shop or bar he owns. An interesting thing, his first CD after leaving EM2 Records, Itsuka Dokoka no Bokoni Tsuite, is one of the best albums I've ever listened to by a SAU artist. Nojima composed the songs, wrote lyrics and even designed the cover art for the album. And the result of such a personal CD is a hidden gem. Unfortunately, his music is really hard to acquire, so he's kind of gone under the radar despite consistently releasing music. All of this to prove that sometimes say you are better off being signed to indie music labels. No matter how many big names you bring in for a project, if the artist is restricted in their creativity, they will not enjoy performing their music and ultimately, after weighing the pros and cons, they'll choose a way out of that. A 
as you noticed, a career as an indie CEO artist is not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a lot of factors that weigh into making it possible being an indie artist and still having good sales numbers or being an indie artist and no one notices you. Some of the CEO I mentioned struggle or have struggled with major or minor music labels that mismanage them or pigeonhole them, removing all creative freedom from them. Others have decided to go the indie route but haven't fared that well due to a mix of lack of exposure and very small fan bases. The life of an indie artist isn't by all means easy, but those that manage to make it a place for creativity while getting closer to their fans can have a really good experience and, if lucky, have better earnings than they'd get from being signed to a major music label. Now tell me, what do you think about Seiyu venturing the indie route as artists? Do you believe it's worth the risk of less exposure for potentially better earnings and complete creative freedom? Let me know in the comments below. And remember, leave your comments as complex or as simple as they may be and you can be featured on upcoming episodes of Seiyu Lounge. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss The Hand That Feeds HQ's weekly mail Seiyu and music-related content, hit the subscribe button. I'll return next week with another episode of Seiyu Lounge. Thank you for listening and see you guys around.